Sorry, I'm just doing my alien teleportation back into 2018 because I was just teleported back. I, I was just revisiting a good year called 1984. Yes. Dun, dun, dun. But not the dystopian no. version. But rather the year that the movie that we we're covering today was released in. I remember it so well, man. It was just like yesterday. I remember my friends and I, we went down to the local uh, flick for a buck. And there we we went, we went at like 11, gosh, it must have been like 1130 at night. And I remember we stayed to like 130 and we got out up on the stage in front of the screen and we just started dancing with everybody at the end. And it was so much fun. It's, it was It was just really great. And that was like our fifth time there. To see it, we 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 went so many times that summer. <laughs> wow! Actually, I don't even know if it was released in the summer. You're right. I don't know. <laughs> oh, oh, some research. I, actually, the remake came out in October. Oh, the remake of Footloose. <gasps> Footloose. Yeah, <laughs> that one. <laughs> it, that's not a sound bite, but <laughs> it could be. Sure. Welcome back. To Hiking Book Club and our special movie musical month, which is a little controversial today. We'll get into that. Controversy. We're just a little podcast that's kind of like a book club, but for movies and uh, TV. I don't, I don't know if I would call us little. I would. <laughs> but Fair enough. The first part of the podcast, we do sort of non-spoiler review type of discussion. And then after the musical break, it becomes spoiler time and we dive deep into the story and so we hope that you can stick around for that if uh, you haven't seen footloose you can find it on stars subscription <laughs> service on amazon prime no no spawn right <laughs> uh, yeah. i really don't know where you'd find footloose these days but you know it's so funny because i googled it right like right before uh, coming into the studio today and it sure enough google showed me the really? times that oh. it's about to come on TV. So oh. it turns out that this movie must be a very popular, you know, recirculated one. Yeah. On TV. So this is the 1984 version that stars Kevin Bacon. And me and Kim, both of us hadn't seen it before. That's right. We and both came into it brand new. We were both trying to think of what musicals to cover for Movie Musical Month. And we were coming up dry. Well, we had we had Pretty ideas, well, but we like the thing is, we we disagree a lot about uh, uh, this topic. Like, there's stuff I really want to oh. do, and there's some stuff Cameron really wants to do, and then our audience wants some other uh, stuff that we don't want. So. I know, right? Like <laughs> yeah. California. What? Oh wait, wait. Is it was it Chicago? <laughs> that, oh. Yeah. Was it Oklahoma? No. No, Chicago. <laughs> And Lame did you know Miz. Oklahoma was considered like the first official musical? I've seen it. You seen it? <laughs> yeah. Ah. In a high school version. Even I haven't seen it. I'm I'm flabbergasted. It's, it's right. That's the same one I've kind of <laughs> felt about like all the musicals we've uh, watched so far. <laughs> Rent. I, I, at the end it. of the day, it's right. Well, the it's movie, hard. The movie version. It's hard because musicals are cheesy. 
It's hard. I mean, I want to also like, get into like, it. does the movie do, do musicals well as a format? Like, does the movie format do musicals justice? Because there's, sta- well, there's it's a stagecraft. It's a stage art. I know. I've told you before how I feel. I find it very strange when it's like, you know, they're talking through song. Because there's some musicals that are organic. What's strange about that? It's weird. It's I, I talk it's, through song all the time. No, but it's like serious dramatic shit, like in Rent. And the the musicals I kind of prefer are ones where it's organic singing. So like the characters know the person is singing. Mm-hmm. You know, like. Like Oklahoma or Chicago. I don't know. I don't like know. La La Land. That's what I'm thinking. No, they, they don't La know La they're Land singing. almost made the cut for this we did. podcast. It but what the... It well, might you want to tell them what happened? Well, I, to, I told you. it's We both hadn't seen Footloose before. And I was like, hey, I've always kind of wanted to see it. Because uh, it came up and something else I was searching. And I was like, what about Footloose? And Cameron was like, yeah, I, I, don't, I haven't seen it. Um, and then I clicked on the Wikipedia to see if it was a musical. And it said, Footloose is a musical drama film. So we were like, okay, we're green light to go. And then we we start watching it. And it's kind of, it's weird. And, and that's why I accepted it. Because, so Footloose isn't anything where they're like singing or lip syncing. But they do have like full songs that sort of seem like a music video like montages mm-hmm. a lot that resemble a lot of what musicals are except mm-hmm. without the lip syncing mm-hmm. or singing in quotes well you know i i, I just have to, t- to take a moment because i did do a little bit of research back in my i wasn't even in the rtf field yet over at ut i was taking my first class and we had to do an outline of a research paper we didn't actually have to write the uh, research paper we could have done it for extra credit but i didn't so the outline was uh, about mtv and i chose to write about its transformation over the years uh, since it had uh, began and i wanted to my research was to discover what happened where uh, the transition occurred of it changing from a music platform to a reality TV platform. I wanted to investigate that more. So, and, you know, in order to do that, I had to go back to its roots and I learned a lot about how Footloose was actually a very important piece for MTV's strategy in developing itself as a pop cultural teen uh, and youth media platform in the 1980s and how Footloose was a really great perfect test vehicle of sorts to test how and and it was also the year I think well Thriller may have come out before 1984 I'm not exactly sure if it was 82 or 84 but you know Thriller was sort of one of these other similar types of works it wasn't a movie though it was just a extended music video but the idea anyway with Footloose is that it was this great test vehicle to test drive how something on cinema, how blockbusters could blend uh, or or enhance, uh, if you will, sales of the recording industry and that Mm. of uh, the new MTV and how MTV could sort of be this, you know, way of both 
promoting going to see the uh, film more and going to buy the records more. So yeah, I think that speaks a little bit to what you were describing about how the songs that are in it, they at the end of the day, they are like pop songs. I think the only, yeah. I don't know how many original songs are really in this movie just besides, it's just the Footloose, right? Yeah. yeah. So it has this one single, if you would think mm-hmm. of it that way, that's definitely the, the, the whole, you know, that that's what we're talking about, Footloose, that's the name of the movie. But the other songs were other top uh, 40 hits of that period that really, um, I, in my opinion, after watching this movie, I can understand now how I think I look at it like a collection of music videos at the end of the day with these uh, characters telling out their the emotions of uh, the story in the movie going through using these songs, at least through their actions and through um either choreographed dance routines or um, actual scenes. But how does MTV relate to Footloose directly? Like, did they play... The so that's the, that's what I feel a little bit bad about. Like I don't, I can't recall my mm-hmm. research uh, too well, but um, I just remember it coming up uh, repeatedly in many of the uh, papers and, and articles that I had pulled up about it, and it was just from a like an industry perspective because uh, at this time we have a lot of like media conglomeration happening, but I'm not exactly sure what MTV's explicit role was. Mm-hmm. I just like from what I've read, it is considered not no accident that footloose was developed and marketed the way that it was Mm. yeah it was definitely teen centered back Mm -hmm. then it was a teen movie it was seen kind of as trashy critically yeah i read really yeah what i I mean mean, like i like teen like mm -hmm. how a critic would dismiss some like riverdale or something i don't know (laughs) like it's for what was it fast times at ridgemont high i think that was the other like 80s teen movie probably close there's to this a lot of 80s teen movie right yeah it was just seen kind of as like oh just music videos and mm-hmm. you know poppy well so yeah and then like mtv like the, the there's just no mtv was like the central force for that during the 1980s especially the early this is like the beginning of mtv it's only like three or four years old at this point yeah i think the two coincide big with that so really trashy Dang. Yeah, it's it's not it had very mixed reviews. And the main like good review is for Kevin Bacon, mm. obviously. And was it his I like agree. breakthrough film? I think so. I mean, that's what, what made ab- him famous. What about Sarah Jessica Parker? Was it her breakthrough film? I don't think so. <laughs> no, but Kevin Bacon really starred in this. He he was really giving me Zac Efron realness, I feel like. Nice. Like, like a little bit of like the Troy Bolton, like carrying everything on his back sort of thing. If if you could ask Zac Efron, if do you think he would uh, say that Kevin Bacon was an influence on him? Maybe. I mean, I don't know. Just the dancing and like the heartthrob. Like. <laughs> it's true. And the body and the like being... Uh, yeah, like and that chisel, but also having that realness. Well, right? and also like the tenderness, the I guess. Drama, <laughs> the, yeah, and the drama of the dancing mm-hmm. right. like, reminded me a lot of how the dancing is in High School Musical, where Zach Efron's just like very dramatic in his dance moves, and that's how Kevin Bacon was. And I was like, wow, it's like Troy Bolton. I mean, you know, I, I could also that the whole time uh, or like at one point when I was watching the movie, I, I thought that this would be a perfect Tom Cruise role. Oh, he um, actually was very much considered. Very much? What? Yeah. D- did he um did he like audition for the role? Um, I think he was he was 
Spacey. Kind of written, uh, maybe filming Top Gun. No, but <laughs> but he maybe. was you know Tom Cruise was like all over during this period. And yeah, it was mostly Tom Cruise and Rob Lowe. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. I know, right? That would have been, but I think Rob, Rob Lowe hurt himself, kind of. Oh no. Like his knee or something. Those kids. Close to it. <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, there's a tangent, but have you ever seen Wayne's World? No. Oh. It's <laughs> it's good and and I'm like you know it's so interesting because I wonder if that would qualify technically as a musical if it's we hard. hold footloose hey. to these standards. Well, it wasn't it wasn't on purpose first of all, but also once I started, I don't know. I feel like there was a lot to talk about and it was interesting and it was old, so <laughs> it was enough like for me to consider it. For sure. No, and I'm really musical. glad that we did watch it because it's certainly been high on my to do list for a yeah. while. Yeah. Yeah. Now what's high on my to-do list? Hmm. <laughs> ever ever since the remake, I've been wanting to watch See, it. See, so what what is this? Well, I, I actually deal about a remake. I looked into it. It was in 2011. Two, <laughs> 2011? Yeah. They made a remake. Was it a theatrical release? Yes. I <laughs> I was alieniing. Yeah, I was, you I were. was hovering out in space. Right. <laughs> you definitely were because yeah, that was the time. And Kevin Bacon role was played by some dancer guy, and then Julianne Huff played Ariel. Julianne Huff is was also in Rock of Ages. Oh yeah, she was the girl. Oh. And. Yeah, I, I have no clue who Julianne Huff is. Well, I've you seen part of Rock of Ages? Yeah. The main girl. Okay. And. I have to trust you. Yeah, Rock of Ages is like my favorite musical ever, but it's like no one saw it, so. I mean, and and is so is Rock of Ages kind of like an uh, 2.0 Footloose? It's a little bit of similar concepts, except more like adult because not teen focused. Yeah, definitely. And but it, is it? It's more like family focused. No, you don't think so? No, it's inappropriate. Well, it's a similar themes of conservative conservatism against rock in the 80s. Like that's the oh. same in Footloose and in Rock of Ages, but that's about it where Man. the similarities end. 1980s must have been so palpable for that. I mean, it makes sense yeah. though because it was a conservative administration. Mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. had a lot of forces. War on drugs. Yeah, I think that's why also like when we started watching Footloose, we thought it'd be interesting how it's still kind of relevant to today under our now conservative administration Uh uh-huh right and just those themes have we become a nation that frowns upon public dancing well in uh, metaphorically Hmm. yes Hmm. (laughs) well you gotta stay tuned for that deep dive (laughs) (laughs) yeah so what else we're in the shallow end right now we're just getting our ankles definitely that's what (laughs) What? this path should be called (laughs) <laughs> so yeah, I have hardcore Efron realness in my hardcore <laughs> Efron realness. That Hashtag that. I want to hear from Zach. Zach, if you're listening, oh my god, let us know if. Oh, I forgot the big bacon. Well, let's wait bacon. for this. Um. Okay. I mean, I can wait. Can they wait though? That's the real question. <laughs> they can. They can. We ask a lot out of our listeners. Hey. Okay. So. <laughs> hey, is for horses. <laughs> which they had in this movie yeah it was very country <laughs> it you you know i read that it was sort of based on some true events 
in a small city in Oklahoma. It, oh, uh, when did these 1970s, events occur? 1970s, late 1970s. Oh, I should make a documentary. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's like they, all they about, made I'm all about that time period though. <laughs> right. That's cool. Yeah. So yeah. And so going with the trashy reviews, it, it has a 51% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, you know. So well, what does Rotten Tomatoes know? <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. give it at least oh. a 69%. <laughs> Another reason Put I thought this. it qualifies for musical is they did make a musical based on it on Broadway. I was going to ask. So they did. Uh huh. And then uh, when did it uh, leave Broadway? It, 1999. It was, no. Well, it. <laughs> It had over seven hundred shows. I don't know how long that is. Uh, honestly, it's like it's like two months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Just no, kidding. you can't do seven hundred. <laughs> and but they do do like you know two on certain days. Well, it did get it. It got four. I think four nominees for Tonys. So oh. it didn't do bad. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, right on. It I don't. W- I don't mean to cast any shade on the stage musical. No. Hopefully, it did a better job of. What the? Hey, hey, Google. Who invited you? Uh, oh, my God. Well, <laughs> sorry about that. We had an intruder <laughs> in the studio. I guess it's just my alien cousin <laughs> trying to chime back t- into me. Yeah. Uh, I, I have a theory that all of the tech companies are really alien colonization. Well, that's fair. <laughs> Entities. Anyway, what was I talking about? Um, you were talking? <laughs> Or where you were talking? I can't, I can't remember. What? Oh, the musical that yeah. it, it got nominated. So I was asking oh, uh-huh. uh, the songs. Like, did they have? I don't know. New songs? I'm not sure. Mm. The remake had a lot of. I was upset because I I actually looked up like reviews on the remake, and they they kept saying, "Oh, it stayed so true to the original. It stayed so true to it, whatever." And then I I. Went on YouTube and found some of the numbers, and the songs weren't 80s. Uh, <laughs> I know, and I was like, they they put in like a country song for what? Were they contemporary songs? Like no, not like. Can t- you take me higher? I definitely don't know. Because you that know, it's is. like a Creed. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I was trying to pick like the cheesiest song, but <laughs> I don't. <laughs> No, it was some country song about a fake ID, and then there was, like, a hip-hop type song. I don't know. They just tried to, like, change up the genres, and I was upset. Like, I get it. I'm sure if you don't love 80s music, then you're happy they diversified the music. But if you are obsessed with 80s music, like I am, that made me upset. It made me not want to see the remake. Hmm. Because it's a perfect little time capsule yeah. of the 1980s. Yeah, I think if you love 80s music, I definitely recommend this movie. Well, that being s- yeah, mm. I mean, just but that being said, this is like a movie that definitely I think deserved a remake. But I guess yeah, I guess the remake didn't do so well. <laughs> didn't make well, the cut I just according don't, to you. I don't think like if they wanted a remake, they should have gotten Efron. Like it's an easy <laughs> choice. Come on. I know, but it would have had to have been like a Disney movie. <laughs> No, he at that time period. Well, I don't. It, who says the remake had to be in 2011? Yeah, it's true. I just think Zach Efron. You know. Stop. Enough. <laughs> 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 
Yes. Well, he must have been busy. He was probably filming the Top Gun Dirty remake. Grandpa. <laughs> what? Dirty Grandpa? There is, is <laughs> going to be a Top Gun remake. Did you know that? Oh, really? Coming, yeah, soon. With Channing pro- Tatum? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And Ryan Gosling. I want to say maybe. I don't know. Oh, no. I don't remember, but <laughs> eh, whatever. Ryan Gosling's in everything. I it's either like Ryan Gosling or The Rock. Oh, God. <laughs> Top Gun it was so. Like, it was a really cute, like, aesthetic feel, like, vibe, but I feel like nothing happened in it. I it mean, was like, just, like, shots of planes flying around. Yeah. I mean, this doesn't spoil anything, but I definitely enjoyed the cinematography in this movie. So, mm-hmm. um, wait, in Footloose yeah, or Footloose. Top Gun? And, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I thought. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm only going to just, you know, plug in Top Gun okay. in, like, one sentence. Is, is I'm never going to extend on it because I've never actually seen Top oh, Gun. Oh, okay, got it. But no, I liked the cinematography and the movement of the shots, the kind of placement of a lot of them. They're a good, good editing. I mean, solid uh, blockbuster flick for the 1980s. That's true. There's there's a lot of like cheesy blood right. on faces when it's it's just over the top a little bit. It's a little extra. Right. Um, but I I recommend it if you're if you're into the 80s. It's warning. It is not very diverse. Mm. I'll give that like. Literally not one brown or black person in sight at all in the background, nowhere to be found. So it really opened my eyes to see, like, at least we've gone somewhere, like, <laughs> forward because, geez, it was literally 100% white yeah. and white, white, white. It's like, wow. Not like a... Slightly, maybe Latino-looking person, half Latino. What they need to do is they need to do a remake with like per- specifically brown well, and black. Right. They. I think the the. I mean, I would love to see a like Valley version made. <laughs> the scenes in the remake were the ones I saw when I was I was seeing some of the numbers. There was a lot more diversity. Nice. Like clearly, 2011 was a lot more aware. The I think the biggest character that was non-white was Sarah Jessica Parker's character, mm. which is kind of like a supporting role. Not, yeah, not certainly. Yeah. I mean, I would say like the best friend of her. Yeah. You know, comparatively to the. Yeah. I don't, I don't and know the actually, name, Miles Teller plays the new. What's his face? Well, the the right. best friend. Who's Miles country. Teller? He's the guy from Whiplash. What's the wh- kid, Whiplash? The movie about the drumming with oh. J.K. Simmons. Oh my God, have you seen Whiplash? Yeah, of course. I saw it like three times. How, what do you mean, of course? <laughs> I haven't even seen it. Oh, it's, and I it's really, good. We watched the, uh, in one of my film classes, mm-hmm. we watched the opening uh, mm. sequence to it. Um, and it was like a great example of how to begin uh, like a, a any kind of movie or scene uh, without any words. Mm. Yeah. It's pretty good. It's yeah. sad, but it's pretty good. Yeah, so Miles Teller, I think, was the best... Whiplash? Oh. He was the best actor in the remake. Like, he oh. did the best job. I really want to see the, both of them. What? I want to see the remake now. And mm. Whiplash. He's not big en- a big enough character to I, I just want to see this actor. Oh. You should just see Whiplash. Because <laughs> well, this is a minor character. You know, the writer and director of Whiplash is also, if I'm not mistaken, the writer and director of La La Land. Oh, that makes sense, I guess. Mm-hmm. That might be coming up. We'll see. I'm not excited about it. <laughs> uh, we got to find it first. I think that's all I have. Okay, cool. Well, 
do I have anything else to share about? Well, just for loose. There's review uh, recommendation. Yeah. At the end of the day, you got to see Footloose. I think it helps to put into context what a film like that looked like at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I can't imagine what the budget was for this movie was, but well, I imagine what the time period it was. I mean, I can guess. Okay. Um, let me see. So, is it? It's not inflated, is it? Or no? I think this is accurate. Okay. Um, I mean, I don't know. Is it like eighteen million? No. Oh God. Thirty-eight million. Lower. Oh. Lower. Oh. Okay. Oh. Was it like a? Maybe a lot lower? Mm-hmm. Ooh, like nine million? Like eight. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Yeah, it was cheap and in the box office it did pretty well compared to their budget. Huh. Uh, about eighty million. Wow. Domestically. Was, was Kevin Bacon though sort of an unknown before then? I mean, I, I'm just guessing he kinda was just because he's so young in it and I don't know, I feel like that's the main role I've heard him mm-hmm. being that's like iconic like the, <laughs> sorry not not <laughs> that he a one hit wonder actor. no no he's been in other things just the one that like i think people fell in love with him on right just because he's very charismatic in it mm-hmm. i mean yeah i'll get into it i guess in the spoiler section so there was something that came to my mind but i had to stop because we are going to turn the wheel over into a little bit of uh, what we like to call Heike Book Club. <laughs> I don't know. We don't have like a name for the ex- the section, but spoilers section. Uh, spoiler land. Well, yeah. So please stand by. I know, right? It was just like such an amazing time when we saw, like, I can't remember when they made that goal and they were like, what? Oh, oh, hi. Whoa. I, I, hi there. Sorry. I didn't realize you people were listening. Welcome back to Heike Book Club. So uh, we're glad that you could keep listening. And we are going to just kind of go a little bit more in depth about our observations of what mm-hmm. uh, we saw, what we heard in uh, Footloose. And let's see how messy we get. <laughs> Right. <laughs> so, well, one of the main things I have right off the bat is it was very hashtag spawn by Coke. Very hashtag spawn. Yep. Coke was there and... All over the place. It really was. <laughs> I'm surprised I didn't see Pepsi. Why? Well, so Pepsi, like this is the 1980s is really when Pepsi does this big push for youth um, uh, coolness well, and trying to differentiate itself from Coca-Cola. They got Michael, so Coke had to get something else. It's, yep, it's a very <laughs> excellent good point. And I think that that, I mean, I'm sure that a lot of that was playing into this um, during this period. So uh, definitely lots of Coca-Cola in this movie. And it's very, very, very prominent. Mm-hmm. I, like you think now hashtag spawn is everywhere. And right. it's like annoying. I mean, but this looks like a movie uh, theater movie. You know what I mean? How like at the movie theater, like there's Coca-Cola everywhere. <laughs> right. Like the label. Yeah. It, yeah. It was just, it, so we had to get that out of the way. Well, I just, I you wanted said, to. You said this is all a big ad for Pop New Wave. That's what you said while we were watching it. <laughs> well, just to wrap up a thought about Coke, I, I looked into it and my original idea was false, but New Coke was a, an idea, an initiative. Uh, it was like a marketing ploy that they tried in 1985. 
uh, rather than 84. And I thought that perhaps this was part of the scheme for New Coke, this movie. Have you ever heard of New Coke? No. Oh, New Coke was this effort to actually address the challenge that Pepsi was posing um, as they were starting to have more market share. And so Coke tried to modernize itself with this new formula but it's actually a really important like legacy or infamous example in marketing of how it backfired and the backlash from it was so bad that they like discontinued it within weeks wow. yeah and so anyway i thought that this was an effort but so i think it is though also a clear effort of them trying to reassert themselves into something that's cool and hip and modern yeah, during the period to yeah teens. when like they were being challenged by new competitors in that soda market yeah it was, it was all over the place oh, what did i write new wave pop machine pop you said add for pop new wave oh uh yeah that's what i was kind of st- uh, talking about mm-hmm. in the first half where uh I, it's a movie that was a vehicle for these other pop songs, these specifically like new wave type pop songs, I felt like that uh, were super dominant uh, in this period of the 1980s. But also a little bit of, I guess, hair metal, hair oh, rock. Yeah. I love all that music. Yeah. I, I love it. was very melodramatic. And <laughs> yeah, oh. it was always signified by the electric guitar. Ah, ah, I so mean, it's signature. So, yeah, it's so 80s and it's just so like, it, it, every time the electric guitar comes in, it just pushes it over the top. So this is an example, I think, of why I love this movie so much for being an 80s movie. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's a great, this is a reason why it's a great case example for what the 1980s must have felt like and sounded like. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're not going to get that in any other movie or not, or just like any other movie in that uh, another period. Mm-hmm. That kind of accentuation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're mainly talking about the courtroom scene kind of at not courtroom, but the city council testifying thing kind of at the end. That's the main place where we were like, right. Oh my God. There's a, there's a couple of other pl- places yeah. like where it comes in to, dr- you know, heighten the uh-huh. <laughs> drama. But it's very key and it's just so light uh, yet distinct. And <laughs> it's this Eddie Van Halen type of <laughs> super, I guess you call it like a dirty guitar. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what that setting is called. <laughs> but yeah. I want that setting and I want that to be the Heike Book Club theme type oh music. Oh my God. No? No. Oh. <laughs> okay, yeah. My favorite part, I think, was uh, Kevin Bacon solo in the mill, in the very studio looking is flower it, mill. Do you, do you think that's like the most iconic imagery of this film i guess i mean i feel like i didn't know much like i feel like Mm -hmm. i hadn't seen much but like that once that sequence started it felt very iconic and i was re-watching the remake one and it was just not anywhere close and i think mostly because of the music too i told you they like changed it up to like other random i can't imagine what song they would have picked for that though i know it was just it was so good. Probably some Bruno Mars song. No, it what? was nothing that was like that obvious. It was more what like unknown. No, that's oh, nasty. No, no, Sorry. please no. I hate Bruno Mars. I kind of, I kind of like him. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm aware. But yeah, I just, I loved that whole sequence of dancing. It's I mean, that that part felt very musical. It felt very like Zac Efron solo every movie in High School Musical. It was totally bedded on. <laughs> It it was bet the on bet it, it on of bet on it, <laughs> but no bet it on. It was the no. bet it on of the nineteen eighties. <laughs> bet on it the the one where he's like 
walking through the high school and there's like a big poster of him that 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 song in the first movie <laughs> i see but yeah kevin bacon is just great and well did i'm gonna ruin your fun a little bit and apparently he had a dance double i was like did he do all that himself no <laughs> he didn't what he's a liar <sighs> i know it's not his fault i know blame just, it on the producers i'm just kidding but I mean, he, he could have but w- would we have loved it as much probably not but i actually i think it's a smart My it's definitely exactly. a smart move because like i said in the remake they cast someone that's very much more of a dancer i think but do you think that that sacrificed the acting yeah i think it did because kevin bacon like he he carried the whole movie i'm telling you it's it's hard you can't get them all and that's yeah it's, it's zach rough. efron is as close as we can get i know <laughs> That's why he would have like been perfect for the remake. Like Leonardo DiCaprio, I don't think, can do much well, dancing. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> he could have played like the the non-dancing double, uh, you know, the act. Yeah. Oh, he would have been cute. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was later. He was too young. That's true. <laughs> but Was there ever a Titanic, the musical? I don't know. <laughs> this is not the Titanic podcast. It's true. Another thing I have is like a note about Ariel and how she's who's a Ariel the just the main girl so the preacher. Well, daughter. okay, so I have some problems about Ariel. I'm wondering if when you were watching this, you felt this too. She's a. Do you have some problems with her? Yeah. I, I I'm not, I'm conflicted. No, I'm conflicted about how I feel about it. She a hoe and crazy, parentheses reckless. Yeah. So but. It's almost like like seeing it as like an old movie. It's kind of like empowering because I don't know if back then or I mean, I guess this was the decade. Empowering? Well, just empowering in the sense of like she's a woman not afraid of her sexuality and being more, you know, sort of not trying to be like a lady. And in some respects, it makes sense also too in regards to the context of the film right. where that is certainly incredibly frowned upon yeah um, exactly you, you don't do that at all yeah uh i don't know i still had my problems about it not so much about i don't know about the yeah the hodum for sure i mean i'm fine with it if she's she's fine with it i'm fine with it i don't care i felt like sarah jessica parker's character resembled a little more of what i would have wanted out of a female lead well but that's more like sexist it's like you people like men want someone more demure and but ariel's more just like crass but i think maybe maybe my problem was she she felt so enti- she seemed so entitled she came off very entitled to me and it was like she had to work her way to gain the appreciation by kevin bacon's character uh, because he wasn't going to just give it over to her so easily right but she she got there i mean she yeah she persisted it's true i don't know like uh, I, guys do it all the time. Doesn't make it right. <laughs> I know. I agree. But also, I mean, it it might have been like a good, not a, not a good example because I don't approve of her being reckless, but also like a good example of being more free in a time where stuff was more conservative. I think you're choosing to see uh, a light aspect of it. <laughs> Which is cool. Like I don't, I don't, I don't approve of a reckless driving and t- hanging out of windows and oh. that. <laughs> yeah, you know, I totally forgot about that until now, <laughs> and now that you reminded me, n- no redemption, no redemption for this woman. 
young she, lady. She's crazy, but I'm not. I'm not offended by her hoedom. I'm offended by her recklessness. And like, also, and I'm wondering if this was an inspiration at all. But like, it, it's kind of a loose or a a deep cut. I don't know. If that's what you call it. <laughs> last time. It's like when she's stands in front of the train and she's like holding her hand out. I got very much eleven vibes. Eleven from Stranger Things. Oh, yeah. Just like the they the, were probably, the imagery. Yeah, they were probably inspired by that. Yeah, and the Duffer Brothers are always like they. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're referencing so many eighties movies sure. all the time and Stranger Things. So I thought I was like, I wonder if that imagery kind of another example of why <laughs> I just could not stand her. I was like, you 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 have to save me. No, for, screw true. you. Get run over. That's true. It's like not, I'm not about to risk myself because you're I, just being dumb. Like you had I'm more saying. than a chance to get out of the way. Right. That's what I'm saying. I definitely don't approve of the recklessness, but I, I don't care about the sexuality. I think that's a fine example. Okay. Just like owning her sexuality. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I don't know. I I really don't know if she was owning it, but... She you, was owning it, okay. I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, but she did come in clutch uh, for... The Bible verses. The Bible verses. Yeah, there you go. So... That's a key turning point. Yeah. And the f- the fight was crazy. She she fought. And that was a scene that I definitely wanted us to talk about mm-hmm. that I just was not expecting at all. I know. I feel like I, I very much had vibes in that scene of like, we're just trying to up the action to make mm-hmm. it like more blockbuster. Mm-hmm, for sure. Mm, you know, more like Hollywood. It like was a dramatization. Drama. But yeah. at the same time, like... I feel like that was very standard in like teen high school movies like that, uh, where there was some sort of abuse that females were experiencing in some guess, yeah. in some cases. That <sighs> I just I man, guess it, it would be it, such it, a it would be such a social controversy if there was a scene like that. I think yeah, in a big blockbuster like that released today. They definitely um, how did they re pit, yeah pit in the they they remake? definitely made it a lot milder. I don't know what that means, but. They definitely, it definitely said it made it a lot milder. So I'm guessing like hmm. maybe a it slap. It was gruesome. I was. Yeah. Well, that's, that's part of the, the It thing. felt real to be honest. Right. But also like the, the blood coming out of like everywhere in the face is kind of like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like fake blood. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the blood the was The kids little, like blood. Right. It's just, it felt a little like, oh, just blood for like drama. Blood's sake. Yeah. <laughs> Cause. There, there are a lot of times where I'm like, they wouldn't have bled. <laughs> they would be injured, but not bleeding. You know what I want to search on YouTube? What? I want to see if there's a remake of, like, like a trailer of, like, it being, like, a horror or, like, thriller movie. Like, a trailer thriller of, like, Footloose. I know. <laughs> 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 it's, there's not enough. Or, like a, like, a heavy drama. It is. Well, no. <laughs> I don't know. So, yeah. The, the main theme, conservatism just makes people more reckless and stupid right (laughs) is that the theme i think so i mean the theme i think is expression and what it's expression versus rules of society in general because not only do you have it it, it, i mean it's it's a delicate balance that they play between the law and the religion and what is spiritually accepted in their community and how, because it's a small community, this spirituality and 
specifically this one tyrant, this leader of it, has been able to influence the town and uh, their by therefore the law. Uh, and just so by heavily. misguided personal motives. Mm-hmm. But Probably law versus expression, I guess. It, it's just so ironic that the preacher was so... Why I was telling you, it's like so against burning books, but so for banning dancing, which is true. However, he had already sort of started to experience, I think, that reversal inside of him a little bit. Yeah, I guess. And so that's why that was sort of the last straw. It's just like the outlaw dancing. It's such a silly rule when you think about it. Like, but is it? Yeah. I mean, it's silly sounding, like just dancing. I bet, yeah, it's like a, a magnification, magnification, Mag- <laughs> magnification of what I would imagine of like a handful, maybe like a private school would maybe be like. I guess, but even then, it, I, like I feel Catholic like it's hard school. to endure. And I don't know. And it's in the Bible. There's, they said it. It's true. It just so like you, you see that. I mean, he justifies it though. And I, and it's just it taking in context of it being the 1980s, there there was certainly this perception of drugs and raunchiness and dirtiness being and a problem, right? Being just everything, all the baggage that and sex, the promiscuousness, especially that whole idea that you, the promiscuousness of uh, pr- yeah yeah yeah, it's just uh, how th- how like that music would encourage uh, cop- copulation. What is it called? Fornication. Fornication. <laughs> before before tying the knot. Right, right. It's just it's just you know. so silly now, but like now we have our own like conservative battles mm-hmm. about like what's Satan. Well, I mean now it's you know very pro life, I think, too. Yeah, that and then anti LGBT and I mean they've yeah. I mean they've come to find that they can't ban <sighs> you just make a good point though. Like it would this movie would excuse me, benefits so well from an LGBT couple. Right. Yeah. Something more on the, along those lines could work for something today, mm-hmm. especially in like more rural America, Trump's America, rather than the big cities where we see it a lot less. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I feel like it could be more like reimagined rather than because mm-hmm. the 2011. Well, it was confusing because I'm pretty sure I saw an iPod somewhere in the in the an few, iPod and Footloose. Yeah, and not in the 80s one. Obviously, oh. it's not a conspiracy time. It's like but they replaced Coke <laughs> with Apple. I don't know, but I, uh, or some sort of MP3. So I'm not sure if the 2011 one took place here, but. He still had like that old ass beetle, like the exact same car, the yellow beetle <laughs> or bug. So I was confused about what time period it was in, but they stuck pretty much to the original. And I think it could be like more like it should get a remake, but like reimagined remake. Right. More like relevant to today, especially since we're responding to a conservative administration. Again. Definitely. I think it's a powerful message, and I think that it's a message that still rings true today. It's of empowerment through through the expression of dance mm-hmm. and keeping that art form alive. I mean, in all honesty, I think more we see in media depictions of dance being... I mean, they depicted it you know, in this film, too. They had to. But I think dance is often depicted either as something to be scared of, like, oh, I don't dance. Like, oh, I, uh-huh. that, I'm embarrassed. You know, I don't, I don't do that. Or it's like I'm dancing because I'm drunk in the club, <laughs> and I guess, it, yeah. it's difficult to find like an actual genuine p- 
purpose for dance and that's something that i was actually blown away by this film that i think in some respect helps redeem itself for me mm-hmm. is like i i really want to i would freaking love like i don't know Matt, i can't believe why i haven't seen like that monologue of him oh, uh-huh. talking in the courtroom uh yeah. or in the council meeting about the purpose the significance of dance it's such a powerful monologue and yeah. that that is timeless to me and i think that if it hasn't already been spread, it's it should go. It should be reviralized. <laughs> reviralized. Wow, that you should coin that. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely very powerful. It's very like art for the sake of the just the art without all the like negative things people have associated like tacked onto it. Mm-hmm. And it's a delicate balancing act, of course, though yeah. too, because they while he he does in some sense get to its most general point which is to celebrate life he also you know intertwines it in with the bible verses and and Mm -hmm. and and how it's a you know a spirituality that's been practiced as a ritual uh over many uh, since the beginning of man yeah and i appreciate like it's beautiful yeah like uh, him being I guess the 80s also had a lot of this. Well, no, the 70s too. Just like the, like dance being something that men and women do. Like, it's not so much like effeminate. Like in this, like it's it's nice to see a man advocating for like an art form when oh right, it, it's right. kind of against the toxic masculinity yeah. thing of like dancing is for girls. That's a really great point. I didn't even really think about that, but that's very true. And I, I mean, you know, I would love to see that remade, you know, mm-hmm. reimagined, like you said. I think yeah. that it definitely could stand true, very strong, if not more so, to this day. Yeah. And I, I love this line. Just let I it be had... Tobo Chico Spawn. Oh. Unfortunately, it's still going to be Coke. Oh, no. so oh you're right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought that this was like an amazing line that I was like, I can't believe this line. This is one of the lines that has aged well for the longest amount of time i feel like it's a line from the movie yeah what is it it's at the beginning it's like oh i forgot the first part but it's like i thought only pansies do whatever and then kevin bacon responds with i thought only assholes use the word pansy like that's that's such a good line like and and the guy backs off and it's like oh you know (laughs) like i feel bad because there was a period of time where i said pansy well but it was more like just like as a casual thing that I usually said in private as like. <laughs> well, but most boys were dumb. Mm. <laughs> I mm. just mean like he said it in a very like homophobic way in mm. that in that moment. I forgot what it was that he did to call him pansy, but it's just like it felt homophobic. And it was nice that Ren, Ren he just like had a witty comeback that put him in his place like do they ever no need to be homophobic right <laughs> i mean do they ever make any other nods or gestures towards homophobia or homosexuality in general i don't think so that's what i, mean, I think is one point to <laughs> also it goes yeah. into what you had said just about the diversity mm-hmm. lacking in this film i also think that they had an opportunity to or not an opportunity it's no, just like they i mean didn't it was even... just super heteronormative mm-hmm. and white mm-hmm. <laughs> Just all the things. But it was still like trying to be rebellious and stuff. Mm-hmm. It was the 1980s. We've come a long way. 
Can we talk about the finale? Yeah. <laughs> the one conflict finale. <laughs> <laughs> my, my first critique, just as a, a first off pointer, I was so just kind of taken back and disappointed that the prom room that they had chosen, it was like so lit up. It's like they left the fluorescent lights on. <laughs> it was very strange to well, me. Well, I actually like that. I, mean, I cool. hate that it's always dark in places of like dance or anything. Right. Well, it, it just seemed I a little unrealistic that. to me, but. Well, it is unrealistic, yeah. but that's why I liked it. <laughs> well, I'm glad you liked it. I did not like it. <laughs> yeah. We come to Heike Book Club to disagree. That's true. And you come to listen to see how that disagreement works itself out. I didn't. Well, never mind. <laughs> what was the other about the finale? Uh, that was your first criticism. Well, that was my first criticism. You're supposed to respond back now. Well. I, I don't have anything uh, immediately our, to pull from the our, bank. Our other criticism was that like it had one conflict and then it got resolved and there was no like surprise second conflict which i think we've evolved a lot and most movies especially like mainstream movies that are more predictable they'll have like in the in the climax like that they'll have one conflict and then the hero will resolve it somehow but then like some other conflict that's bigger and scarier comes up after that and then then they resolve it and then they move on. Right. But here we were still in the time like, of just one conflict. Mm-hmm. Like we're talking about. We kind about of saw it in, in Enchanted, right? I thought. Yeah. I was thinking about how Enchanted was a good example of that usage. Yeah. 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 In Enchanted, we saw how Giselle, she finally finds her love, which has been Spoilers her goal. Ahead. Oh, yeah. Spoilers ahead. Fast forward like 20 seconds. It's <laughs> it's true. But so Giselle, she finds her true love or finally the, the guy um, that they've been looking for. But then at the same time, the witch comes over into the new world now. And now these whole new, like bigger picture mm-hmm. co- complications are happening. Yeah. Time, deadline, poisoning, all that. Exactly. Yeah. It's always like there's one conflict and you think it's resolved for a sec. And then it's like this crazy thing where like they might die. Yeah. It's like. <laughs> and for Liz, we didn't bigger. get that. And uh, th- that fight that happened. Yeah. So there was a fight and then it's that's really our, that's our climax. <laughs> it really is. But it's like pretty mellow fight. Like the fight with Ariel was more. Yeah. Like. Exactly. Dangerous and. And they win. Tense. They win that fight. Like, yeah, it, I, it just seemed like too much of a obvious victory. Yeah, and they were two against they didn't one. They struggle and, as much as they should have. And all the guys end up on the ground. Obviously, after every fight, I feel like this is so Hollywood. Like after every fight, all the bad guys are just laying on the There's ground, like squirming on the ground. Yeah, like, and instead of like I don't know, just walking away. <laughs> or, I don't. <laughs> it just seems so weird. Like knocking someone out is the only way to like. Get them out for the fight, you know. Hmm. But the Hollywood cues, like they're they're done, they're out. Yeah, they're on the ground. So KO. They just had this fight, and it wasn't that big a deal. Kevin Bacon had some like ninja moves all of a sudden. Yeah, he just he like leaped <laughs> over yeah. and kicked that Several guy. Several times. Gosh. And then there, that was resolved, and they went in and danced to Footloose. There <laughs> so. was a funny line in the fight where the. The one antagonist, he goes, you're going to fight tonight, pretty boy. Something like that. <laughs> or not fight. Sorry. He's like, you're going to dance. You're like, you're going to dance oh, yeah. tonight, pretty boy. <laughs> and I just thought, you know, a little tongue in cheek is funny. But then he got his ass whooped. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That fight was very um, not like luster, but it just didn't d- deliver for me. It was mm-hmm. over underwhelming. 
Mm-hmm. And it, it, the the resolve was so quick and fast. Mm-hmm. And then we go into the redo or whatever it's called. Rideau. I It's the last exposition. Or not exposition. Ugh. Blah, blah, blah. I'm just trembling. I'm going to shut up. The last one. Yeah. The, the final number. <laughs> right. <laughs> Chorus. Yeah. And that's where we actually get to see the song for the finale mm-hmm. um, in its entirety. Mm-hmm. The Footloose song. Right. Which and which, kinda, it's crazy that it like became just like a mainstream 80s hit. So, yeah. Like, apart from the movie. My perception of Footloose before seeing it was that it was... Footloose was a lot darker, first off. I thought it was a lot darker, going to be a lot darker. And I also thought that that ending was not going to be as just like so bright and bubbly, I guess is Mm -hmm. the right way to put it. Um, It was surprisingly bubbly. Like, I guess I just never thought uh, that Footloose was a high school movie, maybe. Mm, Yeah, I guess I didn't realize that either Mm -hmm. at all. I didn't know enough about it. I just knew that I knew that dancing was outlawed, which was like a funny concept. Right, right. But for all we knew, it was a professional dancer that moved to the small town or Mm -hmm. something. Or just like an older person like in their 20s. Mm hmm. Um, that wanted to go to a club. Yeah. He could have started a dance school. <laughs> I feel like that's you, you, too. you would be so upset in this town. I would be devastated. <laughs> I, yeah, I could not run for mayor in that town. <laughs> you mean just live in that town? Well, that too. <laughs> Cause yeah, you, you're dancing. I have to dance to live and I live to dance. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't live in this town. Mm-hmm. because it's an outlaw in dancing but it, it, you know in some respects i, I feel though as though i have felt that law it's like it, that stigma like the stigma itself becomes the social law mm. that says don't dance and i have certainly felt that palpableness wow uh, before that's deep yeah so it's even if, if there isn't any kind of official law there's certainly a sense that oh y- you are outspoken if you do that, you mm. are not part of the grain mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's akin to uh, certainly breaking the law in, ha- in terms of how it feels when mm-hmm. you're being looked on like that. But I think you just remind them that you have your first amendment and that's that. Wow. That's true. Da, 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 da. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Footloose. Footloose. Okay. So let us wrap it up. We're coming up to the wrap it up section of High Key Book Club. Well, thanks so much for listening to our coverage of Footloose. What did you think? Great. <laughs> no, I mean, just what do you think generally, Zenlani? Oh, I, I love, I was living for the 80s music for sure. The, the songs, ugh, Waiting for a Girl Like You... I'm all over it. I did holding, not expect holding that. out for a hero. Oh, yeah, where God. did that come from? That, that was, was actually a really cool scene. Yeah, I like that the scene. Tractors yeah, scene. it's like so funny. They're it's <laughs> racing. So silly. <laughs> that's the thing about this movie. I'm like, is it taking itself that seriously and that's funny, or does it know it's taking itself that seriously and trying to be funny? I think it's the latter. Really? It knows it's taking itself too seriously. I don't know if it's aware because it's the 80s. This is a very good point. But I think all it cares about is Coke and MTV. <laughs> Regardless, it was funny. Yeah. <laughs> Whether we they were trying or not. how the record t- sales of the soundtrack went. Because mm. I bet the soundtrack was like so popular. Oh, yeah. What was the song that he did in solo? Do you remember? 
I don't remember. No. Okay. Well, that's good. We got to find it. And I then know. I should lip sync it. You should. <laughs> I'll do a rendition of it. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool. And drag? No. Wait, spoilers. No. Ah! No, no more. Okay. So <laughs> the final grade for mm-hmm. Footloose is B minus. I was going to give it a B plus. Oh, we've been going back and forth on we these have. grades. Yeah. B plus. Yeah. I mean, I can understand that for you. Para, it's just that. A D or para D. Yeah. It's just the 80s. Ah, the music will get me. Hmm, bias. And then also a key market. And Kevin Bacon. He was good. Now. He, he won me over quite a bit. Just give me the bacon. Hold to Kevin. Oh. <laughs> What if somebody ordered bacon that way? They're like, can I have the Kevin bacon? No, Kevin. Mm, that's <laughs> like a dad joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. But this movie is very much like a dad movie. No, it isn't. Oh. It's a teen movie. Yeah, but those teens are dads now. <laughs> well, that's a stretch. <laughs> uh, well, I guess with that stretch, we will stretch on out of here. We have some other shenanigans to get into outside the studio. But we're glad that you could tune in for episode 28. I don't know. Oh, it's going to be embarrassing if I was wrong. Should I just say 29? You should and you say can edit none, it in? none of them. Okay. Episode none of them. <laughs> yes. Hi. All right. Well, it's been wonderful to be with you again. And this is always a lot of fun. Shout out to any dads. Especially, on Father's Day. Especially good dads. It's true. So this is recorded on Father's Day, 2018. Any, any what dads? Good dads. Especially good dads. Well, I want to give a shout out to any bad dads, too. Mm, not so much. Because there's hope. Mm. If you dance more. Mm. I just had to throw in a shout You're out. You're the rain to my parade. Mm, that's not a real song. And we're going to go write a musical. Bye. Bye.